King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock It's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all stars before February And after that, King and Gates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Two basketball lovers through Man, not just patting stats. You know, that's what they say uh, the Joker and them be doing, patting stats. They ain't really out here trying to get some wins. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've we've heard that for so many years about Russell Westbrook, LeBron, some other players. But when they they don't get those numbers, they lose. Mm -hmm. Then what y'all got to say? And then they say they're not playing hard enough. I'll tell you one thing. One, One stat that is hard to pat, is rebounding. Right. Like, y'all, I saw Clark Kellogg, um, he said that boxing out is overrated. He said it's more about desire, positioning, and just the sure will to want to go get the ball. Yeah, boxing out is all cool, but to really rebound, you need to have great positioning, timing, and just a desire to go get the rock. See, that's bogus. That's boxing out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's boxing out. But yeah. you, you know, some people put a body on them just to say they put a body on them. But when you know you grinding, trying to get Man, it. everybody knows fifty-two yeah. fake out. When you just you yeah. step in the lane real quick, yeah. you know, not even stepping up the line, you step yeah just, just in the lane, time. and you got like that ain't mm-hmm. boxing out. Boxing out is when you connect with somebody and you push them out, yeah. and then you go get the ball. You know, it's big time though when you rebounding out of your position. Right, right. That's when you talk about a guy that's getting 16, 15, 12 rebounds a game. Yeah. It's different. You can't pad those stats. Like right, right. You, reach, you rebound outside of your area, you're just a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just a dog. You got to have that. You know, that's that, that's that piece of basketball that doesn't require a lot of skills, training, or whatever else. That's, that's, if, I, if you can't do, you know, two-ball dribbling, but I can see you attacking the ball, I can find a way to put you in the game. <laughs> and we need some of that now. No, there's, there's got to be at least – no, nah, there ain't no moments where you use two balls in the game. So Yeah, no, nah, never, <laughs> never, right? Still trying to figure out how they make that happen. Um, BTG Nation, what's up, man? Yeah, we're still here. You know, episode, this is the third episode right here in the new spot. We got the fireplace action going today because we don't have no guests. Um, but shout out to our two guests. Podcast been booming since then, you know. Shout out to our, our new 230 followers on Instagram. Um, let's get all of you guys on YouTube, <laughs> you know, but everything's going good. You know the deal, Who Mountain Dubai, Who Mountain DXB, Who Mountain.ae. Man, we moving and grooving, King. We got a little Who Mountain update, don't we? Well, last, the league is over now. The league is over for the winter term, and um, what we had, our U12 finished for third place. Should have been competing for the first place, but we had some people – just learning the um, how can I say it? The roles and responsibilities of being on a team. Mm-hmm. They're young, so they're yeah. learning. They're learning. This is their first time for everything. Yeah. Because, um, our U sixteen girls third place. Man, U sixteen boys third place. And I'm not giving them. I know. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know, I know. We, should, we should have been playing for the championship. Yeah. 
But again, you, you fourteen, you no, yeah. But you fourteen, we did see um, a big stride from a couple players we, in that that third place game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we've seen a big jump in multiple players, mm-hmm. in, you know, across each age group. But you know, we're just cut from a different cloth. Yeah, we're trying to get these guys to understand that um, it's a privilege to be able to compete at a high level, Oof. and um, you know, the the more you do, the better you become, the more that's expected of you. Yeah. They're, they're just learning that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we take it. I mean, you as um, – this is not your first go around running the league or being a part of one at any, at any level. Um, what would you like to say about, you know, the counterparts, you know, the, the, the guys from the other organizations that – we've called out a lot of places about not wanting to work together to right. help build the game, but right. we got a few of those. The guys know. we got with us um, to put this big league together, big game league, um, they're good guys. Yeah, I got to give them a round. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. Yep. And we'll get them on as well because everybody in the UAE needs to see that we can all work together um, and we can all run businesses together. Mm. You know, basketball is a small world, and if you do the right things, you're going to retain your players, you're going to, re- you're going to get new players, and you're going to develop the players that you currently have. And, you know, we can all coexist. And um, we have to do it because we need to run leagues where when we go into the game each weekend, it's going to be fair, mm-hmm. hard-fought games, mm-hmm. and everybody's got the same common goal, yeah. which is just – Let's uplift the game of basketball. Yeah. What um, for the people that aren't familiar? What are? Let's highlight those teams and their coaches. You know, okay. What? What? Who we got first? Um, we got Hang Time, Coach yeah. Kareem. Yeah. We got um, Coach Lenny uh, Haskins from um, IPM. Yeah. International, International players. Uh, yeah. Playmakers. Yeah. I playmakers like I like from it. Abu Dhabi. Think about it. they're driving from Abu Dhabi every weekend to play. Mm-hmm. So you know they're. They definitely want to get out. And that's not one team. That's right. like four teams or so. Right. We have Beyond Basketball, Coach Dario. Um, we have uh, Moen, mm-hmm. from, also from Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Um, we have Jim's Wellington, Silicon Oasis, Coach Paul Walker. Yeah. So we got, yeah. a, you got a good crew, man. For the first year. First you year. Know? So, so shout out to you guys, too, because um, what you guys also brought, because most of them are a lot more established than we are. Yep. Well, they brought were fans. Nope. <laughs> that, that hang time crew, they had a drum in that thing. <laughs> you know, the, the IPM, they had their team, and then the Filipino community travels heavy anyway, yeah. no matter where they are. So um, we got to – you mentioned it, it's the first time for everything. Yep. And this is probably also the first time our parents see how – inclusive the entire basketball experience is from player coach ref to parent in a stand it's really all connected and so um i'm I'm gonna be interested to see how that grows yeah because we got some parents who got some some energy they live they live they just try to figure out we did have a couple moments where i thought we were back in the states (laughs) so no that was good but i i gotta say this i did tell my um wso group last night because we record on Tuesdays on Monday night, because we had a couple of guys from the 14, 14, U16, and then we had a couple of girls that are supposed to be on the U16 but haven't been, and I had to point out to them, because you know a lot of times the girls, they get anxious when they, before they start playing, right. and so they just start thinking about everything. 
And so there's one girl in particular who's one of our leaders. And so I was saying, I said, look, when you come back next term, you are going to join a team of the toughest players on Hoop Mountain. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the boys are like, what? I was like, listen, you say what you want, but I'm telling you this, and I'm not doing it like in any motivational way. I'm telling you the truth. Our toughest crew, our toughest crew are the U16 girls. And I say, no, it didn't start that way. <laughs> but by the end of it, when I looked at them, I didn't have to talk to them anymore about being tough. It was just about figuring out how to use that toughness and not be overly aggressive. Right. And then just thinking the game, too, because our girls are tough now. Right, right. They are. Yeah. And so I'm proud of them for that. But, man, we got, um, you know, this is going to be an episode. We haven't talked about basketball um, since since Uncle Ro was here. Yep. Um, and even then we mentioned a few names, <laughs> like a Patino. And so and some things changed up. So before we jump into this, though, I got to bring this up. You know, my guy is having, um, you know, everybody, this is one of everybody's favorites right here. I want to play a little clip for everybody. Um, J.R. Smith. You know, let's see, listen up. I need to wear a shirt for this. <laughs> if I'm asked to describe JR's persona as a player, bucket getter. JR was definition of outside of the box. I think the way JR Smith's been portrayed over a very long career has evolved. I know who I am, I know who I've been. I know who I wanted to be. I got a pretty uphill battle to fight, but I'm willing. J.R. Smith is going back to school. He's enrolling at North Carolina to pursue a liberal arts degree and hoping to play on a college golf team. North Carolina a it's a beacon of hope where you can empower black youth. It's difficult for me because I've been out of school for so long. So it's a lot of grinding. There's always room to improve. You're a freshie and I'm a senior. You've got to earn your spot. For J.R. Smith to come here, it, it elevates us. I'm not doing this to prove nobody else wrong. It's like I'm really proving to myself that I can do it. Mm, so that's a clip from a new uh, series coming out for J.R. Smith on Amazon. Um, J.R. Smith Redefined, produced by LeBron and Maverick Carter. Now, you know, we had an episode, I think season two, where we talked about hood favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, each era got their own. But J.R. Smith, for my era, is 150% a hood, a hood favorite. We love J.R. Smith. Sure. We love him. And to see his evolution and what he's doing off the court now, too, it's even more inspiring and dope. And so I'm looking forward to that right there. I'm definitely going to watch that. For sure. sure. The music got you hyped, did it? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> automatically, I was like, what's dude's name? Petey Pablo. Petey Pablo. I think he's from Baltimore or something like that. I don't know. And he, and he moved. I no, think, no. Yeah, I think something like that. He might have been. You got to look that up. Young Bread Winner or whatever his name is. He don't even know who Petey Pablo is. He might do something like but, but as soon as I heard it, it just took me back to that morning on the bus. When Gerald had that CD and oh. Turk grabbed that CD and bent that CD and Gerald just lost his mind. Greenville, North Carolina. Okay. okay. But he, I, don't know, I forgot what it was. You know, you, know who, you know who I thought you were going to say it remind you of? Who? That morning on the bus when Savage went off. We was, it was 6 a.m. and he was going off. Yeah. On our, and you know, Savage from North Carolina. Yeah. And yes, his nickname is Savage. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is this is before twenty one. Yeah. This is this is way before twenty one Savage. We was calling him yeah. Savage in two thousand nine. Yeah. Savage had a a triple X Chicago Bulls jersey. With the with the black and he wore it backwards sometimes. Some size, um some oversized construction Tims. In the Dewey. Some yep, yeah, do rag, baggy jeans, like super baggy jeans. Yeah. And then um he was missing a tooth. Yeah, listen. You know what I'm saying? Remember, I used to always say, like, yo, Savage, you got to earn your stripes. You're playing in the post first. Yeah. It's an ugly game, and you're yeah. ugly already, <laughs> so you fit right in. Yeah, that was my dog, though, man. Yeah, he was, oh, man. Savage, Savage came up big time, boy. But, you know, that is, um, that's somebody who had a chance to play college, right? Yep. Um, but, you know, sometimes circumstances just become so unfortunate. And it's a lot of times when it's not in our control. Yep. But that'll take us right into this March Madness, right? And so I'm just going to read off the Sweet 16 so far because let's be real, we haven't had a chance to watch any of this. Nothing. But, you know, we'll we'll talk about it until – I um, did try to watch Michigan State market and I fell asleep. Yeah, time difference is just different. Um, and so – and I did have a couple of players hit me. It's like, yo, Coach, how can I see the games? Mm. And the app that I sent them to see it, they're like, yo, it's not available in this country. So I'm like mm. – you know, that's something just to note. You got, yep, well, something to note. But um, in the South region, you got Alabama versus San Diego State. And you got Creighton versus Princeton. Mm. Princeton knocked off Arizona and Missouri to get there. And they smacked Missouri. They beat Missouri by 15. And then on the Midwest, you got Houston and Miami. You got Xavier and Texas. And then on the West Coast, you got Arkansas in UConn, Arkansas pulled on the upset of Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Gonzaga and UCLA. And then on the other end, um, on the east, you have FAU. That's Florida Atlantic yep. versus Tennessee. And Kansas State versus Michigan State. Now, that east bracket was crazy because Florida Atlantic beat Purdue. I mean, beat Memphis um, in the 8-9 game. And then Purdue loses to Fairleigh Dickinson in the 16-1. <laughs> Hadn't been done since UMBC, yep. at least on the, on the men's side. Hadn't been done since UMBC a few years back but, over UVA. But what makes it worse is that Fairleigh Dickinson just became Division One recently. Right. And last year they were 4-18 and 18 before getting this <laughs> new coach. Think about that. And so just that reflection, um, you know, we haven't watched the game, but you had the opportunity to play in a Division One tournament. Sweet 16, to be exact, right? Elite 8. Elite 8, right? And so you shared some cool stories a few times about it. Um, but you were talking about one recently you said you had uh, with some shoes. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, one of my boys sent me um, the, the tape of uh, us when I was at Temple against uh, – Fab Five in Michigan, and we were playing in uh, Seattle, the Superdome. And um, I, I was fortunate enough to get in the game for a few minutes, a brief stint. And um, Jalen Rose is at the foul line. <laughs> He's shooting, and you know, and him and his teammates—they're talking while they're on. You know, you know, he's about to shoot foul shots. And this cat like, yo, yo, look at their sneaks, yo. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm a freshman. You know, I'm, you know, we in the Elite Eight. I'm like, shit, we playing against a bad five. You know what I'm saying? And um, I look down, Yates, and I'm like, 
damn, there is a big difference between your sneaks and my sneaks. You know what I'm saying? But listen, though, that's that's like some people will probably be like, yo, you just being, you know what I'm saying, picky. But you, no, you got to understand the basketball culture. And then that time, especially now with the Air movie coming out based on Sonny Vaccaro and Michael Jordan and how everything got together. And we'll, we'll talk more once that movie drops about Sonny V's influence on basketball got some personal right yeah. like like that stuff is real but you you meant well, how do we get into that shoe conversation we were talking to the kids our kids yep yeah cause some of our a lot of our kids come to the gym in damn Nike trainers running shoes with no grip or and, just straight up bobo yeah, let's, let's call it like it is something crazy and you know and the, the, the background that our families come from you should not be wearing bobos yeah. but they just don't know yet no clue and so I think coach was talking about um I was telling them about how, you know, being on a Nike sponsored team and then at TC and everything, ain't really pay for a sneaker, even right. in college, right? Right. And so you told them the story about how you won in the tournament and you in the locker room the Nike guy was yeah. in. <laughs> Nike guy was in that joint, like, hey, I got the I got the fresh joints for you guys, you know, for the next game, da da da. The and new Harachis, right? I think it was I think it was that or the Barclays. I yeah. couldn't remember what Ooh. it was. And coach shut that shit down quick. No, they ain't wearing that shit. <laughs> we can wear the same shit that we wore that got us here. We, you know what I'm saying? We come to work every day with our hard hats and our lunch boxes. That's it. We don't need anything shiny. Yeah. We don't want these guys thinking they're better than what they are. And I was like, oh, my God. This and, dude. And then y'all lined up against Bad Five. Bad Five. And they, listen, they, got, they were wearing stuff that Nike hadn't even presented to the public yet. Mm-hmm. Like only only the the pros might have, and that's like ninety five, ninety six. This was no, this was no, this was ninety three, ninety three. Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, like this is this is their, this is when um, the year Chris Weber after they beat us, he called the uh, the Time timeout out. that they didn't have against North Carolina. So yeah, this was early. Like they had listen, man, they had so much gear that I thought they were professionals. Man, I was like, what the. Man. Something's good. Something ain't right here. Man, and I'm just I'm just waiting for I'm waiting for that type of energy to get back here. Like I'm waiting for the day we can line up at our gym and we got the twelve bags for U sixteen, U fourteen, the older groups, because the younger groups ain't gonna get them. Right, right. You gotta have something to go from the older groups. Right. Yeah, the twelve bags, sit it to the side for everybody who made the elite teams and they get it in like, oh, that's for us. Yeah. Like that's a different feeling when you work for that and you can really stand on it. Like yep. we got this walk around sweatsuits. Like matter of fact, that's something I meant to say. Uncle Roe is here, and I was like, he was asking me about things, and I was like, yeah, everything cool. But I was like, man, I, I don't have the I don't have the coach in the tire like you and Coach King got. And what you mean? I say coaches got like a certain closet where it's just sweatsuits. <laughs> y'all got y'all got y'all, y'all got y'all thing because y'all know y'all traveling. Yeah, yeah. If you know you gotta be athletic, you gotta look like a coach, but you wanna look a certain way. I ain't got the coaching sweatsuit down pack yet. Yeah, you getting there. You getting there. You haven't you haven't actually have a chance to wear the um uh coaching slacks no, I ain't with sneakers it. yet. I think I, I think I don't think I'm coming to that. No, you, no, you might have. <laughs> if you coaching you're gonna have to. Yeah, well, it's a different age. Did you see Don Staley the other day? No, that's not. Shout out to, shout out to Don listen. Staley, you're a gangster. We're going to dedicate an episode to Miss Don Staley, too. Don Staley's <laughs> preference in coaching attire is unmatched because you don't know. She might wear a leopard print one night. I mean, 
She shouted out to Cheney State though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I think she wore some uh some like she shout out to North Carolina State. She stepped okay. in okay. and some of stuff. But it's a little different. I might yeah. not have to uh, yeah. yeah. It's different. Y'all still be wearing something. She can wear but she with winning at that clip, she can wear whatever she wants. Do what you want. No, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But speaking of winning at certain clips, man, we we gotta highlight this coach from um Fairly Dickinson. Uh well first. Let me start by highlighting Furman because that was a big upset that they pulled over UVA. And when we look at it, like when I named off the 216, Kansas is not in there, Duke, UNC, like those blue blood schools that's there, they're not there. It's a whole different group crop, especially this year. Kansas was without Bill Self. Yeah, he's been him. Uh, he had to deal with some health issues. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been on an investigation, so you know he got all types of stress. Things, yeah, yeah it's all types of stress. Duke, which John Shire, they did win the ACC tournament, but Coach K ain't there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You think about North Carolina. You know, they didn't even make the tournament, and they declined to go to the NIT. Yeah. You know what I'm so there's a lot of blue bloods that went down this year. Yeah. Kentucky's down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. I mean, it's just it's different with the transfer portal being. As open as it is, it's no longer just a given for the blue bloods to get there. Mm-hmm. And um, but let's 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 highlight Toby Anderson, right? Um, first of all, coach, great job, <laughs> great job. And there are a lot of coaches, Kansas State's coach, yeah. um, Kennesaw State's coach. There's a lot of great coaches getting highlighted, which is always great about this time of year because you get to see stories, yep. right? And the stories in college basketball are matched. Because you go through a different type of up and down with these young men, um, you know. But, man, talk about 16 going over for Purdue. <laughs> with three, three D, D, D2 former D2 players. Former D2 players who he brought with him yep. with a team that was 4-18 and 18 the year before. Yeah. Man. That's, listen, you know. Of course, a 16 it isn't supposed to be the uh, a one seed, but when this happens with uh, with former D two guys, I mean that's just unprecedented. Like we may never see that again, um, and that says a lot about the program he was running on the D two level. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And what I'm hearing too is there have been over the last three years there have been multiple Division two, II, Division three, and NIA guys that transferred up to Division One and have been playing in the tournament. Yep. And this is off the heels of the last four Division Three national champions have all come from Virginia. It's Christopher Newport just won it this year. Okay. And then it was um Randolph Macon. Okay. Um two years. Okay. And they might have won three, but we're not making two, and then somebody else from Virginia again. Okay. And so with some people, because some people ask me where did I play and why did I play Division Three, But the, it's also a lot of times it's always about what region that you're in because some of those people or schools that don't have a national budget to recruit, they just recruit what's around. Yep. When you are in Virginia and you got the DMV and There's East talent Co- everywhere. Talent everywhere. And that, you know, that kind of creates an environment. Yeah. Um, and so in all, and a lot of us recruited were recruited to come up and transfer at different times of the year too. But that's an important stat to hear, especially with the way basketball is growing and more visibility is coming. Like, you know what's interesting? I, I'm starting to see 
Um, and I have to call – we have to call some coaches soon and talk about how they're recruiting because you don't have time to go out and get everybody, right, or see everybody. Right. But you know how back in the day you probably know somebody who would call – a coach would call somebody they know in that area and be like, yo, can you go check out this game for me and see something, right? Mm. Because I, I know some – I know D3 especially that happens to where they got some people in certain spots that they trust, of course. And they'd be like, hey, check this kid out. Let me know if it's worth me – traveling down to see in my era the college coaches had time to come out mm-hmm. the assistant coaches were there like, like i had some college coaches at every one of my high school games yeah every day i mean every game you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they don't have that time anymore and so um now they rely on you know recruiting services the rankings and uh they you know they rely on social media yeah because everything is posted now that's what i was you leading to you know what i'm starting to see is that um, coaches, especially these new age assistant coaches, like I saw one school is on the coast of Georgia or something like that, but where the basketball players live is on a beach. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what division you think it is, and the coach said, hey, this can be your dorm room and where you stay for four years. <laughs> and then now you're thinking like, ah, what, what we always talk about quality of life. Right. And then under that post, it's 75 highlight highlight tapes with grade point average, SAT score, mm-hmm. and your stats for the year with that from different players and stuff. So I'm sitting there looking, and then I'm looking. You know how the algorithms work. I'm looking, and it's a common thing. It's like people are, like, dropping the videos underneath their information, email contact information. I'm like, yo, yep. this, is, this is something heavy to, to navigate. Like, like, how would you be able to, I don't know, like, you, because you, all the coaches are going to be over 35, right? Over 35, 36, 37, having to navigate a whole program. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because, um, like, two or three other coaches that I spoke about this just last night, older guys. And I said, to be successful in today's game, you got to have some, you should always have a young person on your staff anyway. Because think about, we were talking about Kentucky, right? Calipari's. You know, older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando Antigua is older. Um, uh, I don't know if Rod Strick is back with them, but uh, no, Bruiser's with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're all older guys. Yeah. So they can't relate to the younger guys as much as somebody that's in their early 30s. You know, and so you got to have somebody like that on your staff who understands social media, um, doesn't mind being um, engaged in social media, and knows how to talk to the players because. Things are different nowadays where you get a kid, you recruit a kid in, but once you get him in, you can't just cast him aside. You got to re-recruit him every day because people are, people are coming and going like crazy. Man, man. And and they're going to have somewhere to go. They're going to land somewhere whether yeah, they, they like it or not. Right. Like I'm, I'm trying to find a video. There's a video of a Rafford coach um, and Jacksonville coach talking about um, how they use – social media to monitor the mood of their players <laughs> because it's, it's telling for them. And I'm sitting here looking and I'm like, hmm, let me see if I got it right here. So he was saying something like, you know, if a player um, starts to post, uh, I can't find where I saw it. Well, he's like, if I'm on, if I'm on social media and I see one of my players posting highlights of them in high school, and, it's, and they just come off like a, a bad in like two weeks. Like I'm in the group chat like, yo, what's going on? Yeah. 
what I'm saying? Like, you, you all right? You okay? Because that's how this age group is. is. So you got to learn to adapt. So it's like, I'm monitoring all of that stuff. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, yo, that's, that's facts. That's facts. But, you know, some coaches, because you say you're talking about getting kids to talk to you. That's even harder now than before because right. they don't talk, period. Well, and especially if you're an older coach because you're used mm-hmm. to a harsher language. Uh, you know what I'm saying? A harsher, harsher you know, uh, a mode of approach. These kids, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, these kids are all, you know, ultra soft. But it is a different, it's a different era. And um, <coughs> these kids are used to, you know, different things, you know. And uh, uh, we just have to approach them differently, man. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the older coaches, that's why you see some of the great coaches leaving the game. Because they know, you know, it's time for them to go, you know. Time for them to go. <clears throat> mm, it's funny that you say that. Some some great coaches are leaving, yeah. some are staying. But then there are some new ones coming around too. Yeah. Um Mighty Mouse, Damon Stoudemire to Georgia Tech. Mm. Leaves the Celtics organization and heads there. What do you think? Man. George like I said, Georgia Tech is a tough place just because the academic requirements to get in are just so tough. It's like Notre Dame. Mm. You know, it's, you know, people mm. understand, people wonder why Notre Dame struggled for so many years. Well, it's hard to get kids in there. You know, if you're, if you're a four or five star athlete and um, you're, you're basically on a, you know, a four or five star academic level, uh-huh. you ain't going to Georgia Tech. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just, just it's going to be hard to get you in. And so, uh, and it's hard to find that combination of both. You know, you might be a four or five star player, but you might not be. You might be a C student. So Georgia Tech might not be the place for you because the academic workload is a lot. Man, you, you know the interesting thing about that is, and we were talking about it before the pod. Um, we really don't pay attention to universities <laughs> because you, all my life, I didn't paid attention to Georgia Tech, UGA, UVA, Virginia Tech, Duke. I mean, all North Carolina A and T, a whole bunch of different schools, and we don't really understand the academic prowess of any of these places. And right. sometimes it's right there in the name, right? And so when you look at UVA or whatever or, or Georgia Tech specifically, you might hear somebody say, "What? What do you mean? Cause you're thinking about UV, UGA? You're like that's a state school, it's public school. Everybody can go there. Yeah. But Tech is UG, that's, that's Georgia Technology, yeah. right?" And so when you go there, it's different. You're talking about some of the best surgeons. Yeah. Of the, like, they, Institute of Technology, it's, diff- it's different, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like UVA. I didn't know until my boy Junior Burroughs told me about UVA that it was so hard to get into academically. And then I helped. Um, I coached a couple people um, in Big private baby. training who went on to UVA. And I was like, I was like shit, it's hard. To yeah, get well, I was a big boy, Darian. Yep, Darian, yeah. Darian Atkins, you know, uh, Big Baby. Yeah, you know, even you don't even know um, uh, uh, Megan Lechak. Yeah, she was she on the there. she was on the girls team. She went to UVA. Yeah, she worked for ESPN. She played there. No, she was. She was going to go. Megan. She was going to go walk on and walk on, but she tore a knee up. Yeah, I remember Megan from when she was young, young <laughs> around and everything. Yeah, but man, shout out to Megan too. Yeah, Megatron. If you're still <laughs> in uh, contact with her. <laughs> 
But but that's one of those things to where we talk about coaching jobs. People don't really know that's a battle you got to fight. Yep. And then on top of NIL stuff and everything now. But then we go on to the next space. You know, Rick Pitino. And I couldn't remember why Rick Pitino wasn't at Louisville anymore. Was it a scandal? Yep. <laughs> why are you laughing, man? I'm just saying, man. I just, couldn't remember. Cause cause Rick Pitino, man, dude got nine lives, man. Yeah. He got nine lives, man. This cat. Probably more than that. But yeah. why wasn't Rick Pitino? What was the scandal? Yeah, the, was that was it him with the prostitutes? It was, it was him with the mistress. Well, not the mistress, no, yeah. but um, the, the wife of one of his athletic department staff members mm. in a restaurant after hours. And then it was some, and then it, remember, there was a bunch of recruiting violations. Yeah, he got about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, because they had the prostitutes in the, on campus, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, do what you can to get him in Kentucky, right? But then you know he's been out. Though. Yeah, but then he got him to. Um, then he goes to Iona, and Iona was in a tournament. I believe they won the MAC, um, just like uh, what our boy last year from um, that went to Seton Hall. Um, oh, you talking about um, Shaheen. Shaheen Holloway? Yeah, um, yeah. And so now he's at Seton Hall, and so now Patino is headed to St. John. Yep. Now, in this day and age, St. John's means nothing if you hear the name. If you talk about somebody from 2012, maybe like 08 to now, people don't really understand the history of the Red Storm. So somebody is probably saying, why would Patino Patino take that job? Yeah, he's a native, native New Yorker. One. You know what I'm saying? And they are thirsty for success. Um, they have a lot of money, resources. There's a lot of talent in in the area, and this quite possibly could be his last stop because he's yeah. seventy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, he's and out of the other jobs that are available, that's the most attractive one. Yeah, and it, and it's and it's rich in history. Yeah. And so somebody who's seventy, Patino, old as hell, out there still doing it. Like this is the place, and it's kind of like um, I don't think anywhere else. I don't think it could fit with anyone else, right? Because St. John's needs somebody that really does understand the history of it so they can kind of refurbish that, recharge that, bring that type of energy back, and then bring some new age energy in. Because obviously Rick Bettino know how to do that. They just need instant credibility. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, know, he brings that. Um, You know, there's going to be a lot of people that want to play for him. Yeah. And then... And, you know, he goes there, and guess who replaces him in Iona? <laughs> the FDU coach, the Fairleigh Dickinson oh, coach. Oh, okay. okay. He goes right to Iona, and he's going to take over that job. And um, some people are probably looking like, damn, you going to move that fast? You got to. Yeah, to explain why you got to, though, because I don't think they understand how that ladder works. Yeah, you, you have to go when you're hot, because if not, the next year is not promised, and your, your value only depreciates. Like I said, uh, that quote that um, Deion Sanders had where he said coaches either get elevated or eliminated. I mean, that's the most profound statement for a coach ever mm-hmm. because most coaches know they get hired to get fired at some point. Uh, I, absolutely. And then you talk about you got to move. If your ultimate goal is to get to Power Five or one of those bigger conferences – you got to prove you can win at another level and keep going. And Fairleigh Dickinson is a good start. Yeah. And it's not even just a Power Five school; it's it's an opportunity to compete for a championship. Yeah. Because Mark Few's been at Gonzaga. Yeah. He made that. He made that, yeah. and now they 
every year they're competing for a championship. But if you know, if you're somewhere, I give you an example. Um, uh, the guy that's at USC now, he started at um, uh, a school in Florida where they were dunking on people every uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Florida Gulf Coast. You know, they were. He made them into a you know a national power for one or two years. But Andy Enfield, that's his yeah. Name. But he can he can't maintain that. Yeah, he had to go. Yeah. Um, it worked at Wichita State for um, uh, I forgot the McDermott. Marshall. Uh, yeah, Marshall. Uh-huh. But then you know he got let go. But it's it's very rare that you could take a um, a mid major program and make them into a powerhouse where you can compete every year. So you got to leave, man. Yeah, like Butler, <laughs> right? Yeah. Got to leave. Yeah. Man, so, and then the next space, right after that, <laughs> another Big East hire. And we, we talked about this earlier in the season after we had Coach Thomas on, uh, who's at Providence. We talked about the next episode that there needed to be a change in um, Georgetown, in yep. D.C. And so they parted ways with, with Union, with Ewing, and Ed Cooley is the one that's going to lead the charge for that. And, you know, and Good hire. Ed Cooley fits the D.C. energy, the Chocolate City energy. When we when we kind of, like, it's crazy. I don't know how many other places have a university that is um, all the way tied in to the culture of that city, too. What I mean by that is, like, you know, in, his, in raps, when Hove talk about D.C., he bringing up the Hoyas, right? He bringing up G-Town. Like, it's a staple in, in the culture for many reasons. And so when you look at who's at the helm of that, Cooley just looked like he and his family should be living in PG <laughs> or living up there in, in Maryland or D.C. He's in Montgomery County. Yeah, man. He's going to be Yeah, he gonna be somewhere around the Tyson's Corner area or something. But I feel like when he walks into the McDonald Arena and everything, it's just going to make sense. Yeah. Well, you know, one, he's he's a good basketball coach. Great, yeah. Um, he's very uh, well-spoken in how he – he gets his thoughts across. That's D.C. Because mm-hmm. everybody in D.C., they're politicians. Mm-hmm. But he fits right in with that. And, you know, and Georgetown needed somebody that was completely opposite of what the past used to be. True. They needed somebody who's going to come in with their own philosophy and somebody that's, you know, strong-willed to, you know, move them in the right direction and not worry about all the chitter-chatter. Well, you know, Big John would have done this, da, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. You know he's, he's not the type that's going to listen to all that stuff. And, um, you know, with his staff, you think about it, that's Ivan Thomas's background. Man. That's his backyard, Man. you know. Um, so, you know, as I was explaining to somebody the other day, you think about a lot of the top 20 high schools in the country are in that area. And public schools. Yeah, so so people will start going to Georgetown again. Man, that DCIA public, that pub league, that, you know, they, they beat, I think they might have beat St. John's and won the DC title, but it gets real. Yeah. And my mom hit me the other day and said, hey, I'm going to go buy tickets again. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, I now it's like, man, I might have to go home <laughs> and make a trip to stop down there. And so... Um, I'm excited to see that. Hopefully, Coach Thomas goes along with him. I'm sure he have a choice, because um, then that's just the perfect setup for him to get his. Well, yeah, well, if 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 he goes with them, uh, then you talk about he will be more attractive in terms of you know what's going to be opening up, whether it be uh, American, 
Mason. You know, it's, 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 it's a higher profile than Providence. And so, you know, they're talking about the Mason coach, Kim English, being the one to take over Providence. Yep, yep. And then his assistant being the one to take over American. Okay. And so, you know, it's a, it's a lot of shifting. We're not even going to go over that coaching carousel because it gets, it gets wild. Yeah. And then thinking about the transfer portal and everything else. But um, one thing about St. John's, they're not in the clear. <laughs> Um, and you talk about contracts all the time. Mike Anderson, who they fired, is is filing suit against St. John's. For what? Uh, the four cause. Um, it's on that paper. They, the four cause um, reason that they fired him. I think he was saying that it was unjust or um, they weren't justified to, to get him. And from what I'm seeing everybody say, it's like he has a very strong case and they might have to pay up. Mm, they owe him eleven million. Ooh, yeah, read that out. Uh, According to the termination letter obtained by ESPN, Anderson was fired for failure to create and support an environment that strongly encourages student athletes who are in the men's basketball program to meet all university academic requirements. Failure to perform your duties and responsibilities in a manner that reflected positively on St. John's University. In actions brought serious discredit to the school and failure to appropriately supervise and communicate with your assistant coach. Well, damn. What Jay Z say? Men lie and women lie. Yeah. Numbers don't, so we don't know. Yeah. Well, well, for what I'm hearing on those things, it's not an accurate play. They just lost games. No. We, well, we'll we'll yeah. see because for sure we'll see what their grades look like after the semester. Yeah. I mean, he filed a lawsuit quick though. Yeah. Yeah. So but also he, that you gotta remember that's a, also a play. Where you do that quickly, press the hand. So the school says, "You know what? We don't want this negative publicity. So we owe you eleven. We're gonna give you five right now." Yeah, get that cash out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go into some more of the uh, the the OGs, the legends. Kyler Perry. You know, he got out the tournament early this year. Um, I think last year they didn't have a, a too good of a year. And so some people are saying, "Is Kyler Perry's future in doubt?" Yeah. Early in the season, I know that they, you know, they had some ups and downs because you know he's dealing with a lot of freshmen, and um, you know they were saying his job was in jeopardy. Then they were saying he's good because they got they were becoming ranked um, top twenty again. Um, but also there were rumors that Texas might be there available for him. So you know, here's the thing: in today's age of basketball, this transfer portal stuff that opened things up. If it weren't for COVID, Kentucky would still be on top because he's still luring the top players. And he's still doing it today. The only difference is that other guys are getting – they're loading up on transfers that are grown men. And I don't care if you're – I don't care if you're a top 100 player, you know, maybe a former McDonald's All-American, 18 years old. You can't match up every – you can't consistently match up with somebody that's 21, 22. Yeah. They happen. He's a grown man. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, if if Kentucky lets him go, who are they gonna get? Yeah. That's the thing. Who you gonna get? Because you got it's high profile job, you need a high profile coach with a big personality. Who you gonna get? (coughs) Billy Donovan. He ain't he ain't really a pro. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's never going back to college. Yeah. But that's the you know never going back to college. Mm -hmm. Because if anything, he would go back to Providence. Yeah. Where he played. Ime Udoka. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Well, maybe, yeah. hey, maybe. Maybe, you know? right, maybe. But let's, let's, uh, this is something that I know has been bugging you. Um, Jim Beheim, I think a few weeks back, 
maybe a week and a half ago. Um, he had a little press conference where one of the reporters was asking him, are you going to retire? Is this the end? And he wouldn't say. <laughs> he was kind of making it seem like it's the, it's the they have to fire me. I'm not going to leave. You know, one of those type of things. But you got an interesting uh, opinion on this. Because yeah. he is retiring now. Yes. Yeah. And he's how old? Oh, does he been there 47 years? 47, yeah. And or 43, 47, some it, shit like that. It, is he a coaching legend? Of course he is. But do you have the does that give you the right to hang on too long? Are he holding them hostage, is what you're saying? Hold them hostage, you know what I'm saying? Because it's you can't say that they didn't do you right. <laughs> they did you right. You know, and you gotta think about what's what's best for the university. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, they he stayed probably 10 years too long, maybe a little bit more. And they pat they were they, you know, they didn't get a chance to go after some guys that would have been perfect for that job. Yeah. You know, and why are you holding on? You know, because he's had some bad years you yeah. know, recently. Yeah. And the thing is, like, um, every time he'd have a couple bad years, they'll luck up and, you know, make the tournament and look good, whatever. But come on, man. It, 47 years yeah. you did your thing there you you did your you did you know you did your time you did well you're a legendary coach hall of fame man go ahead and do your thing man now i think uncle Roe talked about pearl washington last episode right monster who coached him jim Bayard. yeah that listen to that yeah. yo that is that is a wild lifespan like a coaching lifespan like that listen, man this dude had billy owens Derek coleman stevie thompson man he's had some great Talent, yeah, over a 47 year period. They've been how many final fours? Like four, you said four. I think it's four. And it's and one title. One, I mean, yeah, listen, you ain't up there. You can't be up there with Roy Williams and Coach K, yeah, and Kyle. Yeah, those and, guys are here. You know, you're even though you did 47 years, you're a little under them because you had that Syrac- win. Syracuse had some great talent. Yeah, I mean, outstanding talent. And might have under and definitely underachieved. Yeah, that zone principle shit gotta go. Right <laughs> now, you, we talked about the transfer portal a lot and yeah. how it can hinder some people's success and how it makes it harder for people to get to school and stuff. But on the flip side of that, what's the positive about transfer portal though? If you're a coach, if you're a coach, the the posi- if you're a coach is that. You can take over a program, or you're in a situation where your job is in jeopardy, and you were, you were, um, your philosophy was based on the old, the old way of thinking where I'm going to develop my players over you know a one or two year period. You can change the the trajectory of your program overnight in the transfer portal. You just got to be a go getter and go get them mm. because you can have. <clears throat> You go get a player that's a four-year player from the Ivy League, a four-year player from the MAC, um, a four-year player from the Patriot League, you know, or a three-year player, whatever, and bring them in and instantly have success overnight. Yeah. You know, does that mean you were um, uh, a great coach in terms of developing talent? No, it means you're a great coach in terms of recruiting and managing talent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's part of coaching. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a positive of it. Man, and that'll change up people's lives. Oh, for sure. Big time. For sure. Big time. But, you know, I ain't, we ain't going to take it too crazy with that um, because it is, you know, it is March Madness time and things going to go all over the place. We're just going to get you guys something short and sweet. But can um, I add one more thing? For sure. we got with, with the transfer portal, when everybody was talking about 
um, everybody, kids need more freedom to just go go everywhere they please, right? You don't realize when you say these things, you for, you forget about the high school seniors suffer the most. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The high school seniors the past three years and probably for the next two years are going to suffer because, one, the transfer portal is wide open. There's no penalty for transferring. Two, remember, everybody got an f- extra year for COVID. So, you know, think about it. One more year, and I think those COVID freshmen are still in school. They'll still be in school. So, like, the high school seniors are struggling right now yeah. to get into college. Yeah, And then on the top of that, I've been seeing more and more reports that um, the NIL deals, yeah. people still aren't getting paid from that. Yeah, well. The only <laughs> only a handful of people are getting paid, and the NCAA still isn't coming out of pocket for anything. Well, let's, let's get this straight. Let's get this out in the open right now. I don't know what people were thinking about when they wanted to just open it completely up because – Everybody's not going to get paid. Just because you play at North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, UCLA, Michigan State, everybody on the team is not getting paid because everybody's not coming to the arena to watch your kid play. Man. That's just bottom line. Man. You know, I, I'm a prime example. I went to Temple when John Chaney had Temple at his highest peak, and nobody's buying my jersey. I ain't even got a jersey, Yates. Mm-hmm. They're buying Aaron McKee. Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones, yeah. Rick Brunson. They're buying their jersey. Vic Carstarfin. They're buying their jerseys. Mark Macon, those guys before us. They're not everybody on the team is not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So it's not beneficial to everybody. What you should have been fighting for was the opportunity for the guys to get paid off their likeness if the school is using it. So if you know number eleven from Michigan all of a sudden starts selling thirty, forty thousand, you know, uniforms per year, yes. There should be money that should be going to you in a trust fund for later on down the road, but you should not just be getting contracts for everybody on the team to try to get paid. That's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're only you're only promoting corruption. Only only Don Staley made sure all of her players have one. She told she got an agent for all of them, so all of them to hire an agent, and we're gonna get you guys different deals. But also, Don she's Staley. the Don Dada yeah. of college basketball. Though. Yeah, so Gang, she can do that. Gangster man. But after her, who can do that? Maybe. Maybe um, Gino. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, maybe um, Muffy. But you know Muffy from yeah. LSU. There's yeah. like maybe five or six of. That's it. Yeah. And yeah. we talk about women's basketball. Women's basketball. They definitely have more obstacles to you know to jump over. jump over than the men. But on the men's side, same. How many how many people are gonna do it? Same. It's uh, <laughs> it's always that same battle with people. We, I learned this in social media. I'm not social media. Social movements course, when we talked about the different roles people play and change, yeah. and how there's levels through all of that. Like you need the people who are gonna create some noise and and protest and all that stuff. But when it's time to go negotiate the deals, the change agents, there's only a handful of them. Those are people who are experts at what they do, right? And everybody doesn't need to have a voice or an opinion and all those things. Like you do need to have a, a somebody speaking for the masses yep. that knows what to expect and how to get in that room. But you know, we'll we'll get there and those things. But I do have um we got some we got some life lessons you you told me we need to make sure we, we share on this podcast. Okay. Um because we uh well before that before that I found out wifey's due date is sooner than what we were told. Yep. Right, we thought it would be May, May first, 
Apparently it's April 20th, right? We got a name. What's the name? Julian Roland Yates. Man, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know. We still playing around trying to figure out what it is. You're laughing, bro. <laughs> and somebody asked me all day, said, when is Coach Ryan's um, baby on the yeah. like, I'm not sure. It was late April now. But when you say April 20th, I was like, it's close. You know the funny He might be born on my birthday. And, and I've been telling everybody, I said, I don't want that. Because <laughs> I've, I've had to hear it. He was like, see, this, this is my type of guy right here, right? And so, but I, I think it would be close to that. His birthday is 22nd. Or 20, yeah, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. But he'll be born during Eid and Ramadan, so that's a blessing too. But with, with that being said, with me having a child coming in, and it's a, and it's a boy, you know, we've talked about we talked about it plenty of times before, but we talked about raising a child outside of what we were used to, the the culture we we're used to, and some of the things you just gotta learn, and some of the things we were taught that like we didn't realize we were being taught. It was just it was just natural because we were just around people like us, right? And one of the things you learn as a boy, as a young man, is how to groom yourself, right? Even when you go to the barbershop. Oh, that my young brother when have walked out. <laughs> oh, come back in here, man. He <laughs> dipped out. When you talk about things like the, the black man coat, right? And one of the things you got to learn, sometimes you learn the hard way, is when to and when not to use a straight razor. Yes. Yes, yes. That is, that is, that is like... So that's, let me let me say it in lesson. layman terms so everybody can understand. Because Coach is talking in, in riddles here. We're talking about young breadwinner. We're talking about our intern, Ilias Baker, who I don't know how we stumbled across the uh, uh, the conversation, but this was us, um, me and him in the car, going to set up the, the league um, last Sunday. And um, last Saturday, actually, because it was playoffs. And um, he just mentioned to me that he needed to get some straight razors. And so I just took it. You know, double time, like, yo, what you need a razor for? You ain't got no hair on your face. He's like, it's from my underarms. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, what? I said, hold on, Slim. You've been, you've been shaving your, under, your armpits with a straight razor? He's like, yes. You know, it's, you know, it's you know, culture, you know, it's religion, you, you know, every 40 days or something like that, whatever, right? Yeah. Do something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, hold on, Slim. I'm sure that you weren't supposed to use a straight razor on your armpits. I said, you haven't irritated your skin? He's like, yeah, you know, quite often. I said, yeah, I know, because <laughs> you ain't supposed to be doing it. I said, who told you that? Yeah. He says his dad passed on the razors to him. I said, man, your dad probably passed the razors on to you for your face, yeah. not for your armpits. Yeah, I said, man. listen, man, all you need is some, some good trimmers, put a guard on, boop, boop, boop. Two yeah. swipes and you're done. Yeah. So I blessed him the other day. I yeah. took care of him. It looks like we got to call back to Manscaped. Yeah, yeah, we might have to. <laughs> but y'all got to do us right this time. Yeah. Y'all did us dirty last yeah. time. We did a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of background work for y'all. Yeah, know? I ain't messing with them though. They they got some. They got some interesting. But I, I took care of him though. Yeah. He's, he's straight now. But now listen, he can now he can move his arms freely without. But him. King, dog. Man, I remember the first time I went. Matter of fact, it happened in Harrisonburg. I went to get, I went there to get a haircut, and you know, I never ever get a haircut in Harrisonburg, but I had to because the opening night, first game of the season was the next day, and I couldn't drive because I was a freshman, so I couldn't get to DC to get a cut. Right, 
And so they told me that there was a black dude named Tyrone who cut hair. <laughs> right, right, right. Look, these are the stories start crazy, right? And so there's a bunch of dudes, the people, you know what I'm saying? A lot of guys that was there before me, they went to see Tyrone before. They all from different parts of VA though and, and stuff like like Fredericksburg and all this other stuff. So I should have I should have considered that because I was like, they ain't from where I'm from. They don't like the same haircuts. And so I get to the barbershop, you know what I'm saying? First I get there. And, you know, it was like a lot of Spanish dudes in there. It's like a little pit bull up front, too, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yo, this shit crazy. And so I tell the guy, I was like, yo, I'm here to see Tyrone. Me and my boy, we there. And Tyrone ain't there yet, right? And so I'm like, yo, where the hell Tyrone at? He's like, yo, he be here in a minute. Just sit in the chair. Tyrone pull up, and he in the orange and green construction site joints. Like, he just got off. Like, they just called him oh. to get out the out the road from doing work. Oh. And, the hard head down, put his fitted on, he come over there, he's like talking, he's like, what's up, player, what's up, young blood, da, 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 da. And I'm like, yo, just give me a fade, you know what I'm saying, keep it dark up top, you know, take care. You know me, I got the little goatee coming in, <laughs> right? And so he talking to me, you know, he talking too much, you know what I'm saying? Somebody call his phone, he answer it, say something wild, right? And so, you know, you can feel when the cut ain't sharp, but it ain't terrible, so I'm like, all right. So he was like, look, let me hit you with the razor so to get you right. And I was like, you know, I know you can get the line up and get it cut. I was like, all right. But I said, don't put it on my face. So he got me on my neck, right? Even worse. Worse. Even worse. Next day, I looked like I had a, I had like like warts on my shit. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? You had what we call nasty crunch. Oh, oh my man. Yep. That shit was the worst. But now when you think about it, right, we, we for all of us who grew up, and you had, um, just from my experience, southern black men in your house. Yep. And they had, they were bald-headed. Yep. And they had their little <laughs> yes. the things in here. Because it's a damn straight razor. Yep. You know, I know my, my uh, grandpa's, you know, he, he was a military guy. So he had a knife. And so, you know, some people that just do that with a knife on their head. Keep that straight straight edge away from your neck and the back of your neck, especially your underarms. Yeah, underarms, man. I boy, if he would have done that down under, man, that shit crazy, boy. Mm. Yeah. But you know what that is right there? It, 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 listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging <laughs> the gap. They they Yo, that's straight from that's straight from KG himself. Shout out to my boy Kenny. Kenny sent that to me the other day and was like, "Yo, this is soundbite for y'all." And I was like, "Man, you damn right. I'm gonna play it twice." It, 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 listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They, they listen. We here, man. BTG Nation, man. Live from the first collection hotel in Maryville Circle. Um, that is episode. What's this? Episode seventeen. 17, we're here. We got to get you guys with the with the post-game wrap-up today. Oh, man. We heading into spring break. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go first. But um, we heading into spring break over here. We're going to have a couple weeks off. Um, I think what I want to share with people is um, educate yourself. Um, spend, as we grow older, um, as we start to stray away from old habits, start to unlearn things, um, we can spend more time uh, reading, researching, discovering some new stuff because um, what we've learned and what I've seen being around other adults who once they get to a certain space in life, they don't really take the time to learn about the rest of the world or anything around them. <laughs> they start to just plateau and it, it becomes harder to be around those type of people 
um, it, it becomes harder for those type of people to empathize and see the views of others around the world because everybody is so different. So um, one of the blessings we have being alive every day is being able to learn from each other. And so, you know, spend some time trying to learn, grow, experience something new um, and, and share that and share that. And learning about self-grooming. Man, look, we got to educate. <laughs> we got to educate because you can do a thumbs up. That's because you ain't doing the raising no more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what so, you got? so, you know, I normally try to go every other episode. One episode is something that I come up with. Mm-hmm. And the other episode is something that I saw and was inspired by. Um, I was... Uh, looking at this article the other night and it's um, by a guy about a guy named Nick Lavery who's currently serving as an active United States Army Special Forces Chief Warrant Officer. He's the first and only Special Forces operator to return to combat as an above-the-knee amputee. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, his story is crazy. Like, it literally brought a tear to my eye because um, he was, you know, in war and basically the the people that they were working with them basically set him up with a bomb. Hmm. And he has no ill will towards them because basically, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but the enemy basically threatened this guy's family. And he says, I understand because I would yeah. do anything to protect my family as well. Right. And so, you know, that that takes a lot of, you know, that's a bold statement from somebody to make to say, I'm not going to hold any ill will towards this guy. And so his main mantra in life is success is nothing more than small efforts performed daily. Mm-mm. And I'm thinking about that. I'm like, yo, that's very profound because it's like every day we, you know, we have these little obstacles that we have to overcome, but it all adds up to something in the, you know, the bigger grand, you know, yeah. scheme of things, you know what I mean? And so I was like, man, that's something I put that up on my wall immediately. Well, you, you got to send that article to Illy so I can highlight it on the, uh, on the pot. Um, what's, what's funny about that is uh, it's been something that I've been thinking about for the last couple of days, maybe like the last week is compound interest. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, people talk about it all the time and money and stuff. And I'm starting to see it more and more um, from athletes and people giving motivational speakers, speaks, um, speeches to athletes. It's like, you're 1% better, 1% better compound interest. Don't you keep adding that up. The next day you're gonna look up and you'll be like, damn, we did all that. Yeah. Right. right? And that goes directly in line with that. Yeah. Like daily successes. Yeah. I mean, we look at this, we look at the podcast, we look at everything. I mean, we putting out small fires. Yep. Daily. And so, um, man, oh, speaking of putting out a small fire, we were hungry as hell before this episode started. <laughs> and this is not this is a shameless plug. This is real. This is a hundred percent. Wingstop, you came through. Wingstop, you came through. You delivered, cashed out 40-piece onion rings, fries, and everything. Well, look, we are not faking the funk. Wingstop, right here. (laughs) You came through, and we needed that. You kept us alive because we were working. OG on his side of the town, me on my side of the town, he was working all day. I'm talking to him. I'm working all day on the pod and stuff in between, and we we forgot to eat. (laughs) And you came through. So Wingstop, man, appreciate you, you know. Um, With that being said, BTG Nation, you know the drill. Listen, they they, they bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They, They...
Hey, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk, gotta tune in. You already know, G. This BTG Nation, and you one of the homies. Just tune in. You already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.